You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. The Lacrosse Alpha Burly Pro delivers an athletic and glove-like fit that will hold the foot in place to prevent chafing and rubbing while on the move. The Alpha Burly Pro fears nothing, not the cold, not the harsh terrain, not the challenges of a grueling hunt. Lacrosse Boots, done right since 1897. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine fingered host, Dan Johnson. Happy Friday, absolutely everyone. Hopefully, you guys have some major plans this weekend, whether it's to get in a tree or prepare for the October 1st opener like myself. I got some gear I need to dig through. I have some clothes I need to wash. I want to make sure everything is in order so that when I step foot in the timber uh, the evening of October 1st that uh, I am able to knock some rust off you know i'm gonna go in i'm gonna find a good spot uh probably downwind of a really big thicket uh, in what some may call either a staging area or a transition area i don't have a specific spot picked out yet but that's the goal for monday i'm not sure what's gonna happen i'm gonna walk in i'm gonna try to find sign i'm good i'm going to a, a location uh that it may be private I have, uh, I have permission on the private, but it may be public. Uh, the private butts up to the public, and the public has some really good spots on it. I'm able to access through private ground. I don't have to walk all the way through the public, and uh, that's kind of the goal, uh, is just to get in there, look for some sign, set up on sign, and see what happens. Now, there's a chance it's raining, and I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Uh, all I know is that I'm just going to go in. I'm going to shoot from the hip like I normally do and uh stack the odds in my favor in any way possible so that's that's my goal for opener october 1st that's monday of uh next week hopefully you guys are starting to have those same thoughts uh get your gear ready uh especially especially your safety harness right if you uh, i'll say this now with the opener being uh so close go get a safety harness Go buy a safety harness. I don't care if it is with the partner um, Hunter Safety Systems because they don't care either. Go buy a safety harness. But if you're looking for one, you need to go check out Hunter Safety Systems. Now, today's podcast, we're going to be talking with a gentleman from the company Scout Look. And Josh Dalkey is his name. And Josh is going to talk to us about the app, what kind of services it provides, and kind of why hunters should uh, have this app on their phone so uh, that's what today's podcast is about we do a little bs about his um, what he's done this season and what his plans are for the rest of the season and we also dive into the details about scout look and uh, you know what it can offer any hunter not necessarily a public land hunter but a a private land hunter all hunters can uh, take away the information that this uh, app gives out so take that into consideration when uh, josh is uh, talking about that other than that wasp broadheads right i'm a huge fan of the boss four blade uh i'm a fixed blade guy now for the most part there is a chance that i put on um one of the jackhammers later this season maybe for a doe hunt but i think when i'm getting out there and i'm getting serious uh i am going to have a boss four blade on the tip of my arrow it's it, the last two years it's done nothing but a great job for me right i don't know what it is i just feel i just feel that when you're confident in your gear it just makes it's just one less thing you have to worry about and i'm very confident with the wasp broadheads um and the only thing i can tell you guys is if you haven't got your your broadheads 
yet, uh, you need to go check out Wasp because not only do they offer mechanicals, they offer the uh, fixed blade as well. So go check out all the options at wasparchery.com. And if you do decide to buy, you can enter the discount code nine fingers. That's the number nine followed by the word fingers, no spaces, and you will receive 20% off your order. Uh, that's pretty good discount. So take advantage of that. Now, enough is enough. Let's get into today's, I guess, gear podcast with Josh Dalkey of Scout Look. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Josh Dalkey. How you doing, man? No complaints, man. Not too bad. Just got back from a hog hunt. Now I'm just gearing up for another one. Perfect, perfect. You work for Scout Look, and that's what today's podcast is kind of uh, is going to be about. We're going to talk a little bit about that app, what it's about, all the ins and outs of that. But uh, we'll BS for a little bit up front. You mentioned that you... Uh, that you went on a hog hunt. Where was this hog hunt, and how did it treat you? Yeah, so actually, uh, the funny thing is I've killed a few hogs before, but they've all just been more so happenstance, uh, opportunistic type of deals on other hunts. So this hunt, which was in Oklahoma, was my first dedicated hog hunt where actually the whole trip revolved around trying to bring home some bacon. So it was it was a great experience. How many... Uh how many hogs did you end up killing well as luck would have it uh, i had a guest with me from nashville he's actually in a rock band down there called the tip they they play all over the country and they play in nashville quite a bit but also all over the country and so he was my guest a friend of mine who i haven't seen in about 13 years um back in the day our bands used to play together so i really i wanted him to shoot a hog more than anything because he had never killed one before and like me, he's big into cooking wild game and doesn't really like to have any any domestic meat in his freezer. So um, the goal was to get Ben, is his name, a hog, and he never ended up connecting, but I was fortunate myself to shoot five the first day. Wow. Was this a bow or a rifle? It was a rifle hunt. We were okay. using a, a bolt action and an AR. Gotcha. So I've always been interested in going on a hog hunt just because of the fact where unlike how I hunt whitetails and unlike this elk hunt that I just got back from hunting hog just seems really fun really low pressure you know if you make a mistake you make a mistake not a big deal is that kind of how you went about it or was is there a little bit you know more seriousness to it well we were out there actually trying to capture some of this on film for a project that I work on. So there was a little bit of pressure in that regard, but, uh, from just a pure hunting standpoint, it's super laid back. I would call it almost like, you know, waterfall hunting in a traditional Southern pit line where you're out there cooking bacon and maybe even watching a flat screen TV and socializing with people. It's, it's way more low key than having to sit on a whitetail stand or right. stalk an elk or something like that. Right, right. So when you, so you, what's, this was in Oklahoma. So you, you get there, you go on this, you go on this hunt, you kill five pigs. How far did you live from Oklahoma? Well, I'm in uh, a suburb of Minneapolis. So actually ended up flying in. I was thinking about driving because really it's surprisingly only about 10 hours away to Oklahoma city from Minneapolis. But um, just logistically, it made more sense to, to fly out there. And, um, I have a friend who I met through hunting. So this was kind of almost, uh, between the, between me and my friend Ben from Nashville and my friend who I met up with in Oklahoma, it was almost like a reunion of sorts, but those two guys didn't know each other. So they ended up forging a friendship through hunting while we were there too. And, uh, so we all flew into Oklahoma city. My friend, Jeff Puckett, who I had met years ago through the industry and being on a hunt together, um, he was gracious enough to have us in his house with his, his wife and we stayed there and we hunted his farm and also a friend of his farm named Mike. Nice. So did, what'd you do? Just put five hogs back in your suitcase and fly, <laughs> fly back to Minneapolis or did you have to have it like shipped on dry ice or something? Well, um, contrary to popular 
I think I think a lot of folks overestimate the average size of a hog. Um, you know, the ones that make headlines are these big hogs that are over 200 pounds, or you know, some of the ones that we've seen like Hogzilla or whatever that are just yeah. huge pigs. But the average hog that you're shooting really isn't that big. I mean, if you shot a a handful of 50 pounders, that would be a reasonable expectation. So we didn't shoot any huge boars on this trip. And, and that's those, those big boars are, I wouldn't say as, as much like a big buck, but they are pretty infrequent and they're pretty special. So your, your odds are that you're going to shoot a bunch of small pigs. And so we shot some pretty small ones. Uh, one of them was maybe about 70 to a hundred pounds, but that's as big as they got. But from a cooking standpoint and a traveling standpoint, like you're asking, man, I just, I brought a, a small cooler and we quartered those things. And, um, I was able to fit four, three or four of my hogs in the cooler. And then I shared some of the meat with the other guys. Nice. I flew home with it. Nice. So have you dove into it yet at all and ate any of it? Oh man. Um, yeah, actually, three meals this week. I ate <laughs> a small time quarter, three different recipes. It was just, we made a, we smoked one on a Camp Chef pellet smoker before we rolled out of there. And uh, it was actually a hind quarter off a pig that my friend Jeff had already killed. And so he sent me and Ben home with each with a gallon bag of fresh pulled smoked pork. And oh, wow. Um, we were texting each other all week food photos from eating it throughout the week. I'm I'm starting to get a little hungry right now. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, I just ran out yesterday. I made the rest for breakfast. I put it in an omelet. So nice. fresh out. I got to start cooking up some of those other quarters I got. Nice, nice. Well, that's awesome. What do you got going on for the rest of the fall? It's gonna be pretty busy. Um, Mid October, head to Wyoming to hunt a a walk-in area for mule deer and pronghorn i've got tags for both and i'm hopefully i have a enough time set aside to try to take both species uh it's a place i hunted before just around sheridan wyoming is that a uh, rifle hunt as well yeah that's that's also a rifle hunt actually all my hunts i have scheduled the rest of the year rifle hunts i did a crossbow hunt in earlier in june but uh other than that i'm doing a lot of rifle hunting nice nice so you're going to you're heading to Wyoming, and then uh, so you're going to try to kill a pronghorn and a mule deer while you're out there, and then uh, what's after that? After that, we're looking at uh, something that might even be great content for a a follow up podcast to review my experience with the deal. But I'm 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 rolling the dice and going with a landowner voucher that I obtained through a a consultancy here recently. I'm going to go to Northwestern Colorado. It's a, it's a voucher for hunting on private land. So it, it mitigates the, the application process. Um, you know, landowners in particular states are able to get these vouchers that they can resell to the public. And so this is my first go at, at using that system and hopefully it all ends positively uh, on paper. It looks good. The property looks great. The aerials are, uh, pretty desirable the imagery i've seen and stuff so what species are you going for that's going to be mule deer nice in uh unit three so it's northwest colorado um outside of craig and it's about 20 miles south of the wyoming border so i've looked into some of the statistics from colorado's website and I was surprised to see when I'm going third rifle season, there's actually a 2017, they had an 87% success rate. Oh, wow. That's very, very good. Yeah, I was, I was blown away. I didn't, I thought maybe it would be around 50 and uh, yeah, 87% of the hunters in that third rifle season killed mule deer. And for me, it's, there are, there are a lot of good bucks in that area or, uh, you know, bucks with big racks, but if I can get out there and enjoy the adventure and get some meat and um, bring my brother along. So it's his first Western hunt. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I just got back from my, uh, well, it's been two weeks now, but on my uh, Colorado elk hunt, I'm telling you, I didn't get anything 
eh, it, and it really didn't change the outcome of the hunt that much. I mean, I had an absolute blast doing it, and I'll do it again as as many times as humanly possible, every year if possible, and uh, just going out there and the experience, um, just sitting up in the, and watching the mountains and getting high uh, vertically, <laughs> get, getting high vertically. <laughs> and, uh, well, yep, that's right, that's right. And uh, uh, just watching and observing and smelling and looking and everything you know just all the different senses that are stimulated and and uh, the experiences was a win in itself it is uh that that environment you're talking about in specific is really especially from a a flatlander like us it's a sensory overload every time i'm out there especially when you're talking elk and just the the freshness of the air combined with the expanses that make you feel just like you're make you feel insignificant almost. And then when you're, when you're stalking along or hiking and you get that first whiff, that musky whiff of an elk, it's just total, total sensory overload. Yeah. I gotcha. Cool. Well, anything else after, uh, after that Colorado hunt, you coming back to Minnesota and going to try to shoot something? You know, I'm hoping to actually, but, uh, my family has a farm in central Minnesota that we've had for about 120 years. And so I try to get up there at least just to spend some time with my great uncle who lives there and enjoy a few days of deer season. I'm hoping I can get up there again this season and uh, maybe bring my lady. She still hasn't shot a deer. So I'm trying to work with her on that, but yeah, I'd like to get some time on the on the home turf, and otherwise, I've got a few other hunts locked down for the rest of the year. That I'm just trying to stay sharp for those too. Awesome, awesome. All right, let's talk about Scout Look, and uh, why, do why don't we start by uh, you? You know, let everybody know what your role at Scout Look is, and kind of what you do on a daily basis with that company. Okay, so Scout Look was started almost 10 years ago now by uh, a couple of deer hunting buddies in upstate New York. And uh, I love telling the story because it always gives me goosebumps, but those guys were in deer camp and they were having breakfast or they're about to have breakfast and they had all their maps and their log books or, you know, their handwritten journals of deer observations and their, the weather radio and laptop with the weather and all these different things sprawled out all over the dining room table to the point where one of them went over to set down a plate of eggs and there was no room. And he's like, you know, this is crazy. It's uh, 2009 or 2008. And somebody ought to put this all into one system. That's really easy for hunters to use where they can have all the data they need when they're about to head to the deer. And so through a series of text messages that morning from their deer stands, those guys came up with what ended up being scout look and they invested in it over the last almost decade and it's been a heck of a ride. So for, for me, I came on from a, a five-year career at North American Hunter magazine and joined up with these guys to help push scout look to the next level. So day to day, I'm, I'm really just working with our, our pretty core small team that we have to make sure everything from, the app is working right to we're keeping up with speaking with folks on social media and doing all the things that it takes to, to keep a business like this rolling. Right. Yeah. And I, I can, uh, uh, just imagine with it being a digital offering, right? Uh, well, let me back up just one second and ask you one more question. Now I want you to tell everybody what is scout look? So Scout Look is it's a system that has multiple pieces of data in it that allow hunters to make good decisions about where to go and when to go there. So at our core, it's our weather forecasts. That's really the core. And people say, well, why would we use your weather when we can just go to AccuWeather.com or this or that? And it's because when Cy Weikert and Bill Little built this company to begin with, they said, Hey, 
I, I can't count the number of times I've been duped by a bad weather forecast. What can we do to make these more accurate? So, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but weather data can only be take raw weather data can only be acquired from a certain number of sources. It's not like there's just every Tom, Dick and Harry out there has a weather station you can get the data from. So, um, those guys said, Hey, we want to find the best possible data sources for all the key conditions that matter most to hunters. So we're not just going to source it all from one place and put a fancy wrap over it and say that it's something new. It really is going to be something new. So wind temperature, you know, barometric pressure, um, game activity times, all these things, those guys did a, a thorough investigation and vetting of what are the sources out there that have the best quality and most granular quality of information. So hunters are going to get the best weather forecast they can. And namely, you know, with scent being such a big deal, the wind, they wanted to get the wind right more than anything. So what you ultimately end up with is the most accurate weather forecasts you can find that are built for hunters by hunters. Right. Right. And then, so how do you go about determining that what weather information is accurate or not? I mean, you mentioned that there's only a handful that of raw data collection centers that are true. Are, are you guys pulling off of one of those or are you guys pulling off all of them and averaging it? Well, we're, we're pulling off of multiple, um, and like, so for instance, for our wind that we pull that from a, its own distinct source. And the big thing with that, to answer your question rather simply is it's, it's the, it's the precision and the granularity of the, of the data. So a lot of places or a lot of, uh, I guess, platforms that give weather data is on a zip code level. And you know, as well as I do that what's going on on one side of a zip code on a deer stand to the, to the deer stand you have on the other side of the zip code could be very different. Right. Um, you might have a, a Southwest wind on one side of the zip code, but on the other side, you might have something that's completely opposite. So, um, they, they identified a source for that where they tested it. Um, it, it, the source claimed that it was more, um, granular than just zip code level. And for the years that we've been using it, that's been our number one using it and employing it, um, as individuals and as a business, it's been our number one feature. I mean, it's our scent cone is what it's called. So it's actually a visual depiction of where your scent is going to blow hour by hour. Yeah. And I, I knew the guys from scout look for almost five years before I joined the company. And I, I use scent cone religiously and it maybe one time over that, that period failed me, but most of the time it's deadly spot on. So I'm checking it the night before I think about where I'm going to hunt that morning when I wake up and before I even jump out of the truck, when I'm actually parked somewhere ready to roll. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, basically what, what you're telling me is and I'm just going to uh, simplify it as much as possible is scout look um, amongst other things. And we'll get into that, but uh, is a, a weather app for hunters to help them determine uh, temperature, wind direction. And then with, with this scent cone feature where your scent is going to be blowing in any particular location, correct? Right. That That's the fundamental basis of scout look is, is the weather with integrated mapping gotcha so that's the next question is what on top of the weather is included with the, the scout look app okay so yeah there's a that's the cool part about the app is you know we've got some guys who all they'll ever use it for is to, to, to open it and check the scent cone before they head to a tree stand. And we've got other guys who have 200 stands and maybe they're part of a hunting club or an outfitter. And they also use some of the additional features such as game logging to determine buck to doe ratio on a given property or average buck age structure for management purposes. These are all things 
that are built into the app. So a really robust logging system, which, you know, you, you observe a buck from your stand, you mark it as a log, and our system also captures all the weather data from that time. So you can start to develop patterns. You can say, okay, I saw this buck these 10 different times from when he was two to five years old. This year I want to finally go and try to put an arrow in him. Let's sort through these logs and find a pattern here of when, when and where this buck is most likely to be so I can take that one chance I'm probably going to have and make good on it. Okay. Now, can you do anything like uh, log trail camera information in Scout Look at all? So, you know, because while you're in the tree stand is one thing, but adding a trail camera pick to it saying, oh, he was he was here, but I wasn't here type of deal. Yeah, exactly. So you can do that. You can, uh, we all know we get, some of us get thousands of trail cam images and we only keep a select handful of them, especially if we're talking like, depending on what mode you have it set on, maybe you get a hundred pictures of the same deer at a mineral lick or something. Um, you keep one of those as a reference and then you just, eventually you go back, you open the images and say, okay, that was October 5th. And then you try to cross reference that with other things like what were the, what was the weather like what time was i out that day etc right and uh so with us you can actually upload those select images to your account on the website and if the timestamp is correct it'll automatically grab the conditions from when that photo was snapped otherwise you can edit and you can say no this is actually on october 7th not october 5th and uh it'll it'll include all of that in your, in your comprehensive logging system. Gotcha. And how, how is that broken down? Is that broken down by tree stand location? Is it broken down by specific animal? Is it broken down by, um, what the weather is that day? It's, uh, you can actually sort according to all of those things. Okay. So you can sort by location by deer. If you have a deer named or, um, if you want to, uh, just sort maybe by a specific stand and say, okay, let's look at just moon phase for the stand and what my observations were. Does does the moon have something to do with how these deer are moving? Even though some radio collar study four years ago says that that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Okay. So with all that said, right, you got, you have all this, uh, this data right and you can go on on your phone and get on the app and start digging through it and narrow it down uh you know hey is is this particular stand going to be good enough for these specific weather conditions and then that might help you you know say yes or no on that particular stand now does that data work the opposite way too to where the app will notify you what tree stand location based off of all the information that you've already collected and based off of the current weather conditions, will the app tell you, you need to sit in XYZ stand because uh, not only do you have past encounters and awesome trail camera pictures there, but the weather conditions are perfect for it. All I can do is throw a big TBD on that one. Uh, you're definitely, we're on the same page here in terms of, of what the ultimate goal is. And that's definitely part of it. Um, our our tagline is right place, right time. Right. And so like what you just suggested, our ultimate goal is to make it as easy as possible for folks to be in the right place at the right time, knowing that a lot of us only have, we only have a certain amount of time to hunt. And while it's easy to read, you know, 30 different articles that are published out there that tell you about exactly when you need to go, we know the reality is for a lot of us, we're going to hunt whenever we can, but it's a matter of making a good decision about where we can go when we do have that time to hunt. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. I'm, and so me, myself, I'm a huge fan of technology, right? I mean, I'm, I'm the guy who likes to use uh, an Ozonics. I'm the guy who likes to, um, use an, another, uh, software called Deer Lab to help kind of forecast uh, my uh, where I where I should possibly set up given certain uh, weather conditions. Now, when and I'm sure you've heard it before because I hear it all the time on on my social media platforms is this takes the woodsmanship out of hunting. What would what would your response be to that? 
Oh man, that's a, yeah, I have gotten that one before. Um, here's my, my personal response to that is, uh, I can give an anecdote. All right. Every type of hunt that I go on, I weigh that hunt in its own merit. So full disclosure, I went on a hunt this year for axis deer down in Texas. And I, it was an invitation I had received. We were testing some new crossbows from carbon express. And I said to myself, you know, this, for me, this is just strictly a meat hunt. I'm really not excited about this. I've never been compelled by hunting exotics. It's just never really been something that has appealed to me that I wanted to pull the trigger on. And, uh, I'm just going to go do this hunt for what it's worth, get some meat. It'll be all good. Well, I ended up going on it and now I want to go access deer hunting every year. It's, it was a, a blast. But what I'm getting at is every time I go into a hunt, I weigh it on its own merit. And, you know, if, if you don't want to use technology to your advantage, or if you want to limit how much technology you use to your advantage, that's all about your individual hunting experience and, and what you want out of it and, and what makes you, you know, what really makes you tick. I think uh, Stephen Ranella has put it really well with the, the purity score, as he calls it. Some of your listeners are probably familiar with him talking about that. It's, you know, what is the, what is the purity score of the hunt to you? And it's never going to be the same across two people. So, you know what, if you want to, if you want to just check it to see if it's going to rain outside, I'm pretty sure most of us are, are willing to at least take a look at a weather forecast. If you want to check it to see exactly how the scent is going to be blowing from your stand every hour of your hunt so you can get in and out before you bust a buck out of his bedding area or something, or maybe you want to take it to the next level to pattern animals in detail. It's really, it's up to you. Do you want to use a, a scope on your muzzleloader or do you not? Do you want to hunt with a stick bow or a compound? It's, it's, I put it in that same type of right. type of category. I gotcha. Kind of backing up a bit, um, this scent cone that you, uh, that you, that your, this, this app has, does that take into consideration any possible terrain features or thermals like morning or evening thermals, or is it just kind of an overall wind direction tool? That's, that's an awesome question. Uh, and that's also one we've gotten before for sure. No, it does not take into account thermals. And, uh, at this point, and you can definitely correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not aware of, um, any consumer level technology that can truly take into account thermals because they're so variable. And so, I mean, they're so conditional, yeah. but, uh, what I will say is, um, actually had a conversation with uh, well, one of the Doherty brothers a few years ago, specifically about thermals. And we were talking about some development of scout look. I think it was Craig. And he said that for all their properties, old school style, what they used to do is they would actually take smoke bombs out to their tree stands and to different air, different trails that they would use to get to their stands to plant, to plan their in and out strategy based on different thermals. So those, these guys were literally going out there releasing smoke bombs and watching <laughs> what the thermals did to that stream of smoke. Just cause you know, if you yeah. have a South wind, you're like, Oh, that smoke's just going to blow South. Well, all of a sudden hundred yards down, there's a thermal coming out of a ridge and it blows your scent directly West. Yep. So you know that sitting on that stand during during those weather conditions or that time of day when the thermals are rolling, that shit, you aren't gonna you aren't gonna want to sit there in a south wind. It's ultimately gonna end up blowing west to where that deer's coming from. So absolutely, absolutely. I, had, I actually, thought that was so cool that those guys did that. Yeah, I had a a guy on the podcast. He actually works for QDMA. His name's Ryan Fuhrer. And that dude, I'm pretty sure he he used to build fires in his tree stand and put leaves on them to do the exact same thing, to watch watch what the thermals were doing uh, or how the terrain was affecting the wind. And uh, uh, he used to do that, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, So, so... Just kind of uh, overall wind direction. Now, um, 
property lines, right? Property lines is also uh, available on this, right? It is, yeah, and that's something we just put out earlier this year during turkey season. So in addition to the weather and game logging and wind maps and the other th- <clears throat> and the other stuff in our app, excuse me, it's uh, we've also got now a property lines map layer that covers 97% of the U.S. So um, when you're out there doing your scouting and, you know, maybe you're tracking a deer or a situation where you need to be cognizant of property lines, or maybe you're trying to get permission for a new place and you want to know the guy's name when you knock on his door. We have that for 97% of the country as a, an upgraded feature in the app. Awesome. That's, that's really cool. Uh, cause you know, I know other apps do the same. There's, there's other apps out there that uh, have, you know, that same data, but I feel that that is a tool in, in itself. That is very important is knowing where you're at at all times, whether it's a public piece or a private piece, you know, I would hate to accidentally ruin someone's hunt or accidentally get in trouble because I crossed a fence that I probably shouldn't have crossed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm constantly paying attention and, uh, I actually, shortly after we launched it during Turkey season, I was able to use this to get on two properties that were not labeled well. Um, you know, a lot of folks have a tendency to overpost. I'm sure you probably had podcast discussion about that before where, uh, people like to overpost their land. So they think they're not supposed to be on there. But, um, I've, I use this, this feature of our app this season to kill two different turkeys that I didn't think I was even supposed to be in that, that plot of ground, but there was just some confusion about where the actual the actual property lines were. Maybe you stumble across, you're out there and you stumble across an old barbed wire fence that's fallen over and it, it appears like the property line. You have to second guess yourself. Well, this is based on GPS coordinates and real estate records. So it's it's pretty pretty foolproof. Of course you gotta put the disclaimer in there that we're not liable if somebody were to use it and the information were to be wrong but right it's at least something better than just going out there and blind guessing right right absolutely now so we're starting to see all the functionality with scout look right now how do you keep up with the Joneses uh, as far as a, a hunting app like this is concerned because I know you have a you have a fishing uh, kind of a fishing app as well one for hunting one for fishing but with all with how fast technology is evolving and how um you know fast and easy it seems like it is now everybody is coming up with an app Uh, some of them kind of overlay and do the same exact things some of them don't do the same exact things so Number one, how do you keep up with the Joneses to make this app, like the, the quote-unquote must-have app for any hunter? And B, how do you continue to evolve? And what are maybe some of the things that you have on the back burner that you might be able to share with us? Yeah, definitely. Um, so to answer the first part of the question, how do you how do you keep up with the Joneses? Well, I wish there was a an easy answer and if i did if i did give you an easy answer it would be wrought with (laughs) with with marketing skullduggery because yeah there's there's no easy way um when we first started it was literally on on the app market it was scout look and it was onyx maps and that was when they were just starting to get out of their their gps chips and go to a mobile app version and there was nothing else out there other than hunting games. There were no utility apps for hunters. And so through the course of the years, you know, you see different apps come and go um, and they continue to come out of the woodwork. And some of them are great. Some of them are awful. Some of them are somewhere in between, but as a brand and as a mobile app company, all we can do is continue to try our best to listen to our users and innovate and actually respond to, to feedback and suggestions, which 
every round of development we've done where we've added a new feature, tweaked it, or dealt with some sort of bug has been the voice of the consumer. So through social media, through directly contacting us through our website, friends, family, you name it, um, we just try to be as responsive as possible because we know that once somebody starts using the app, they're they're either going to become an advocate or they're going to tell somebody not to mess with it. So we get one chance. Yeah. And uh, that said, we we like to make a good first impression. And once we do that, there's nothing more powerful in, in marketing than word of mouth. Once you have somebody on your side, so we go to great lengths to to make sure that we listen to our users and we don't just create things that we think are cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So if I want it on my phone, right, I just go to the play store and I download it, right? Pretty simple. Yep. If you're on an Android device, it'd be the play store. And if you're on Apple, it'd be the, the app store, both, uh, both operating systems. And then also you can, if you want to start on the website, you can go that way. Um, the cool part about it is that the mobile app, no matter what operating system you're on, Apple or Android, it, it syncs with the website. So all your same information, your saved locations, you can log in at scoutlookweather.com, log into your account right there, and you'll see all your saved locations and, and info right there. And then it goes it goes for uh, goes both ways. If you save a location on the website, you're going to find it in the app when you load up your phone. Cool. So cool. And then, uh, is there any fees to using this? Like once you down, does it cost to download? Does it cost to use? Does it cost, is there, are there different levels? Like, okay, I want to use this level, but if I want to, you know, do something else, it costs me. Yeah. So the, the basic structure is the, the core of the app is free supported by advertising because believe it or not, it, it keeps, it takes a lot of, a lot of dollars to keep the doors open and the lights on here. So we got the free version supported by ads. We've got an ad-free version that's $10 a year. And then we've got a couple in-app purchases. Um, one of them one of them actually being the ad-free version, the other one being the new property lines map layer, which is about $6 a month for the entire country. Okay. All right. And that gives you all the information, right? Like it gives you the ability to uh, uh, view property owners and view property lines. Exactly. Yep. Okay. All right. So the next question is, is with, with the map, right? How, uh, how accurate are the maps are from a visual standpoint? I mean, is it, is it 2018 mapping or 2017 mapping? Is it, um, are you able to use, um, geo, uh, GPS on it to maybe track or track a, your access route or drop pins or anything like that? Yeah, so from the mapping perspective, um, again, with that, there's there are, there are only so many data sources out there from which you can get aerial imagery. So we have gone back and forth between a few, and once again, based on user feedback, Google has been the best provider for us. So we use Google Maps for our satellite imagery, and that's based on the most recent imagery that they, that they allow an app provider to, to publish. And then we've also got um, like a road layer and a terrain layer. So you can view it in those three different modes. And uh, when it comes to the GPS functionality, um, that's the great thing about cell phones these days is the GPS receiver is and transmitter is so good now that it, compared to five, 10 years ago that you can go out there and use this thing for real-time navigation, even in even in sketchy spots without service. And that's because no matter what app you're using that depends on GPS, your phone's GPS operates independently of your, of your cellular connection. So you're able to, if you, if you cache the maps for an area that you plan to hunt, that's not going to have service. You're still able to see the map and your, and your current location on the map using our app. That's awesome. So then so do I need, I, I don't, I can put it in airplane mode and your app still functions, right? So again, uh, airplane mode would be, would be essentially turning the cellular service off for your phone. 
So like with our app or any of the others out there that are, are, are dependent on maps, um, if you want to view offline map tiles, as that's what we call them in the app world is tiles. Okay. Then you, you have to save your locations for offline viewing. Gotcha. It's pretty easy to do it. If you just go into settings and, um, actually when you save a new tree stand or hunting location, you just, you just tap available offline and your phone will automatically save that so you can view it without a connection. But, um, there's, there's no, there's no way for, uh, any app to save all the information for viewing it offline unless you tell it to do so. Okay. Gotcha. So then with that said, um, and I, and I'll be honest, I'm just comparing it to what I know, which would be similar to Onyx maps are, oh, for sure. are you able to see different layers? Uh, like let's say like just terrain and then maybe add topo lines on it or anything like that. Um, so for us right now, you can view satellite view roads or terrain all independently. So you can't turn on and off multiple overlays at this time. That's sort of me alluding to some future developments, but, um, and I do know that in some other apps such as Onyx, you can do that. So, um, those guys I've used Onyx for a long time and I actually use the, I'm old school and I still use the GPS chip version quite a bit when I'm out West. But what I do is I have a handful of technologies that I use on any given hunt. So on that same hunt, I'm using my GPS still. Um, then I'm also, you know, before I leave my truck and plan a stock or whatever I'm about to do, I'm always checking scent cone or I'm checking to make sure I'm not about to get rained out or whatever on scout look. So I, there's different ways to use it and different combinations in which you can use a lot of these services too. And, Certainly, you don't just have to use Scout Look, but I think each of them have their areas where they really excel. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, so here's your opportunity. You, you know, like, I, I feel like I'm an average Joe, right? And uh, I feel that a lot of the listeners uh, of this podcast are just some average Joe guys who are really passionate about hunting. Try to convince them why Scout Look is uh whether it's a good free app to have on your phone or it's a good, a good uh, app to invest in and get all the bells and whistles. Uh, why should my listeners be using Scout Look? Scout Look is, is easy. It's free. It allows you to save unlimited hunting locations anywhere in the world. And if you're, if you're about to plan your hunt, Weather is always going to be at the top of the list of priorities right. for considering that before you go out and no matter what style of hunting it is, waterfall, turkey, big game, spotting and stalking, sitting in tree stands, going after a field of pheasants and wanting them to flush downwind or, or upwind or whatever it might be. Um, so my thing is, if I were to use Scout Look for anything, all the time it's weather and it's wind conditions and it's just a matter of two taps and you can make a quick decision i got four tree stands to hunt this morning i know what wind conditions are best for all of them and how the deer are moving around them which one do i want to go to boom pull it up tap on your stands okay that's out that's out that's out that's in i gotta go okay and then i think uh one thing that we maybe maybe uh skipped out on was the what's new what's what is coming up I, I think you mentioned that you guys are kind of a work in progress from s some of the layering features but is there anything new or exciting that uh, scout look might be bringing to the table in uh 20 in t uh 2020 or 2019 or or even further out uh yeah without without going without going so deep into it that i get a a phone call from one of the main men. Um, let's just say predictive. You alluded to it earlier. I'm alluding to it again. We're going to make it easier and we're going to give more confidence than ever for people to make the right decision about where to go. And it's taken everything that we've, we've built so far and all the data that we've aggregated so far 
and making that so that we're going to have the, the best predictive tool for hunting that that any organization has. And that's, there's a reason why we've been collecting information for this long and we plan to do something with it. That's going to help everybody. Right. All right. Well, anything else you want to add about uh, scout look? I know I, your guys' website has a lot of uh, uh, cool information on it. Like I, a lot of, it looks like you guys have videos and blogs and uh, I don't know, a whole bunch of like, reviews like i'm looking at one right now scout look 2018 ultimate broadhead field test winners so is there anything else that you uh want to mention about uh scout look the website the app anything at all yeah you kind of just nailed it we have a we have a team of dedicated content contributors and we all come from what we like to consider at least as pretty first class editorial backgrounds so you pointed to a good one right there. The the field tests that we do, um, I'd like to humbly say are second to none. And if you watch the two that Mark Melitic recently did for compound bows and broadheads, um, I think you'll be I think you'll be very happy with the procedures and it'll help a lot of consumers make informed decisions when it comes time to buy a pack of broadheads or drop a big chunk of change on a new bow. It's full real deal subjective um fair and balanced reporting of of what he found in those tests independent of any sort of sponsor or advertiser influence awesome 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 well man i appreciate you taking uh your time to hop on the podcast and share uh scout look information with all the listeners today likewise man i'd love to have another opportunity where we can just do a little more raw hunt talk and there you have it ladies and gentlemen another nine finger chronicles podcast in the books huge shout out to josh for hopping on and chatting to us today about scout look huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to download and listen to this podcast and all the podcast on the sportsman's nation we are growing very fast and i i appreciate all of the support and it makes me happy so if you haven't already please go out and support the brands that support this podcast, right? So we're talking Exodus Trail Cameras, Wasp Archery, Lone Wolf, Deer Lab, Prime, Ripcord, Ozonics, and Hunter Safety Systems. Uh, guys, uh, go check it. Check us out on social media, Instagram and Facebook for the Nine Finger Chronicles and the Sportsman's Nation. Other than that, I'm going to keep the outro really short today because it's a weekend and uh, i've already had two old fashions today i I went to lunch with my wife and instead of going back to work i had a couple old fashions so there's that (laughs) my weekend starts right now have a great one and uh if you're gonna be in a tree our friends at hunter safety systems are reminding you loud and clear wear your damn safety harness have a good one